afternoon. Welcome to The Marriage Project. You are listening to Faith FM. You are here with Chapo. And Bethany. And... Gross Bethany. Yeah, you don't sound too good today. <laughs> I sound really gross. And I hope you can bear with us for the show still. Yeah. Um, it is okay for us to be here together because we are married. That's correct. Um, but otherwise you would not be able to be with any other people because of the current circumstances of the world. That's right. It's not COVID, but I think it's just a gross thing that I caught off one of my kids, um, which is the joy of parenthood yeah. some days. So, you are listening to The Marriage Project, where we talk about biblical wisdom for marriage and how that translates into real life, even when you are sick. Yay, but we're not talking about being sick today. We're no. talking about words today. We are. We are talking about the fact that as a believer in Jesus, your words matter. And in fact, in general, in life, as a human being, your words matter and you should carry them well and use them well. Even more than I realised. Like, of course, we can all think of a couple of verses about um, somewhere in the Bible where it tells us to to be careful about the way that we speak and the things that we talk about. The actual overwhelming amount of Bible passages that talk us to talk to us about being intentional and careful and um, I guess honourable in the way that we speak is overwhelming. It's actually much bigger than I thought. Yeah. Um, Old Testament and New Testament just constantly coming up saying, make sure you use your words well. Um, you are accountable for what you say. The things you say can bring great damage or, or, or you know, cause great, um, you know, joy, but it's really, really important. And to the point where it makes me wonder, like, gee, if this is such a massive deal in Scripture, I wonder why in, you know, Christian churches there's never been a doctrine on speech. Mm, which is crazy because there's so much of the weight of Scripture to do with the way that we talk as part of the way we behave as believers. Yeah. Yeah. Because it comes under the whole Christian living banner, I suppose, and you yes. can say that, that it's part of what it means to be a God-fearing person and someone who loves Jesus and believes the Bible is, well, you know, well, there's some verses in here about speaking well. But for me, just being confronted by the sheer gravity of verses that yeah. directly talk about be careful with the way that you use your words and the things you say about people and the way that you speak to people. It's a much bigger deal than I ever realised. Bigger and than a lot of other things that we pay more attention to exactly. as well. Exactly, and that's yeah. my point. Bigger than other things that we pay more attention to. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, hey, we should probably have like a like a doctrine, like a, a, a specified key teaching that so that we understand how important it is from a biblical perspective and from, you know, the word of God to use our words well. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this whole um, idea, and we'll look at some verses coming up, I'm sure. You're about to tell us what's coming up, but we'll look at some verses about what it actually tells us about how we use our words. But that applies in our relationships as husband and wife, as much as anywhere else. That's right. Because, I mean, you think about it, the way that we use our words is the way that we show that the Holy Spirit is living inside of us as well. Okay. And would you agree with that? Yeah. Oh. Well, <laughs> no, you didn't. Well, you just like pull this face and I was like, mm. Yeah. No, no, because out, yeah. out of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's yes. that idea of what's happening within is distinguishable by what comes out of the mouth. Like yeah. it's kind of like the, uh, maybe like the, the tire gauge on, you know, like a- how much of the spirit of God is in you or something. Is that? That's maybe, right. Is that well, fair to say? Not, maybe not proportionally, yeah. <laughs> but certainly it's like, it's a demonstrator, yeah. to, especially to people who don't believe in God or don't know God. Um, to see the way that you speak and to hear the way that you speak is a big deal. Yeah. 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 I think that. 
So today we want to talk about how our words matter. And we're going to talk about how we communicate. We're going to talk about conflict in relationships, which is a big deal. Mm. And when we follow Jesus, that we speak differently, or maybe we're more mindful of the way that we do speak. Yeah, so yep. that's the areas that we're going to cover today. Yeah. yeah. I think I can think of a lot of people who are nice people. Yes. Um, and people who don't know Jesus, who are really nice, compassionate, good people. And so, that's one thing, is speaking nice, because it's just how you were raised and who you are. But then there's another idea, well, hey, if I've, I've come to know that God loves me, and I'm now a follower of Jesus, and what impact is Jesus having on the way I use my voice and my conversations and my tongue and that as well? Yeah. Right. When we follow Jesus, we speak differently than, yeah, before. Have you ever, as a pastor, Chap and I are both pastors, have you ever as a pastor had somebody swear in front of you and then be like, oh, sorry, you're a pastor. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. yeah, all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> um, which is hilarious because I always just go, it's okay, I've heard that word before. <laughs> um, but it's really funny because people often think of swearing as the thing that you do don't do when you believe in Jesus, but it's much, much more than that when you exactly. look in scripture. Exactly. Yeah. Well, oh, that's a really great conversation as well, because sometimes you think it's just like the bad words that we shouldn't say when you talk about how you use your tongue, but it's much more than that. Like, even there's even Bible verses that talk about making sure you use your voice well for people who can't, you right. know? So, how do we speak for people who can't speak so that they get the justice that they deserve? Um, the whole principle in the Ten Commandments where it says, don't use the Lord's name in vain, it's not a, so much about, you know, s- saying the name of God as a cuss word, but more carrying God's name, like mm. identifying yourself as as a believer of God, but living in a way that contradicts that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it really is a great demonstration of the faith that we live by, the way that we talk. Yeah. 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 Oh, my goodness, cool. I really do sound great. <laughs> okay. Don't worry. People will understand and journey with us through your Thanks. sickness. And All right. So, have you got Colossians chapter 4 I do. in front my of me? My brand new Bible that I just uh, picked up yesterday. Exciting. It was time. It, it was, was time, time for a new Bible. <laughs> so, Colossians chapter 4, um, I'm going to read verse 5 and 6. And it says this, it says, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of your time. Okay. Which is a whole principle on itself. Like we could do a whole thing on that about doing the best use of your time. And how that's a biblical idea, but it goes on in verse six and it says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each other. What do you think about that? So obviously the first bit, let your speech always be gracious. Okay. Got that. Like, we can understand what graciousness means. Like, you know, be kind in the way you talk to people. But then it says seasoned with salt. Mm. It sounds tasty. It sounds tasty. Well, but it's, it's become common. And maybe this is where you have the whole challenge of, like, ancient biblical text and modern culture. Because, you know, we talk about salty words. Like, being salty towards someone oh, else. Oh, in a bad way. In a bad way. Oh, yeah. But biblically, it's not so. Yeah. Like, it's, someone who's It makes a, it better. Someone who is a is a- grumpy, cranky person who says nasty things, you might call them a salty person. Ooh. Whereas, uh, I just wanted to make that point clear, because that's not what the Bible is encouraging no. us to do. Yeah, it's and that's a, that's a very, like, this cultural moment yeah. way to refer to somebody, whereas, um, like, even growing up, like, we didn't say 
that word about people who had that kind of behaviour or, yeah. or the way that they talked. Yeah. But it's definitely worth noting yeah. that currently, right now, that's a popular word for that kind of person, but that's not what the Bible is talking about when it says yeah. salty. Yeah. Because biblically, salt had, had the, you know, the pl- practical role of preserving food and things like that. So about making things last well. But it was also, it's always been a flavour enhancer. Like, I love salt. You I really eat too do. much salt. You're, it's bad for it my, so much. It's bad for my life, but I love it <laughs> because it just makes things taste better. Like it takes the flavour that's already in the food and amplifies it and cranks it up. And when the Bible talks about salt in this way, like it tells us to be the salt of the earth and to to um to to spread salt around and all this kind of stuff, it's talking about make people's lives better, like make their experience better. And it says here, your words should be seasoned with salt. Like they shouldn't just be. Gracious, they should be super gracious. They should make people feel good mm. by the way that you speak to them. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Very nice, fair. Yeah, I think so too. Is that all you want to say about that text? Oh, I think so. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so words really are important. Thirty percent of the way that we communicate is verbal. Seventy percent is nonverbal. So okay. a lot of our body language, um, tone of voice, all of that comes in. So words it. are important, but. Other stuff is more important. Is that what you're saying? Or at all? No, I think both important. important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just noting on the way that we communicate as human beings. Thirty percent of it is verbal, and not all of that is words. Some of it's like the mms and the ahs and the and the you know the angry what was that, harsh last tone. One? I can't do that again. I'm going to cough. Okay. Um. The yeah, the those angry tones as well. Like you can say to me. Hey, could you grab me a glass of water from the kitchen? Or you can say, get me a glass of water from the kitchen. And it's almost the exact same words, totally different. Uh, you know, yeah, for and, sure. and that's the difference in the way that we speak. Um, can you think of a time when words hurt you? Oh, look, I, I can. I don't know if I want to actually bust open that emotional can of worms right now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, because thinking, thinking of the times when words have hurt me, it's always been by you. Oh, or, shit. Or, or, I was thinking like school. No, 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 no. Like by you or maybe something my mum said to me, like when she was still with us and that, that really hurt. It's always been from someone close. So mm. often words from outsiders don't hurt me as much as a word, like a harsh word or, or a way of speaking from someone who I'm really close to. And that's probably what's hurt me more, mm. I would say. Wow. That's a, you know that, um, what's the saying? Like, um, uh, roses from my friends or something like you can handle stones from your enemies but not roses from your friends like it hurts more when it's from the people that are close to you oh I don't know that one okay. I was thinking of like the sticks and stones will break my bones but names will never hurt me like my mum literally made me memorise that and even say it to other kids when I was a kid but it's not true it's not true it actually does really hurt and I can remember as a kid like actually being really broken hearted by the things that some kids friends or not friends would say to me yeah um yeah and it's those things i think the things that really are the most damaging that we can say is the things that really attack at who a person is yeah 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 so you can you can definitely like say those damaging things about somebody's something embarrassing that they did or something um the way that they look but when it comes to who they are as a person that's when it really hits deep yeah and can really do damage yes Um, yeah that that's like Sticks and stones will break my bones, um, but names will never hurt me. Yeah, but I've also heard it said, but names will break my heart. 
And I think that's a yeah. lot more true because, yeah. and, and I think from the biblical counsel of how much damage words can do, that makes far more sense. Like yes. you can actually rip someone, you know, like joy out from their life and destroy them as a person by the things that you say. And I've never understood that saying. I've always thought it was stupid. So weird. From the point of view, it's just like sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. It's like, it's like you're advertising to the other kids in the schoolyard the what, like, ha, huh, you, you're wasting your time with words. If you really want to get to me, try sticks. <laughs> like, so it's like, cause, cause my bones are brittle. <laughs> it's, it's like, why would you advertise that? Like, <laughs> so you're like encouraging your bully to throw rocks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, on that note, let's um, let's take a break and we're going to come back with something that makes far more sense than that. Okay. All right. Remember, surrender, remember the rest. Remember that weightlifting over your chest and realizing that it's not Thank you. 
Welcome to Faith FM. You're listening to The Marriage Project with Bethany and Chapo. And we've been talking about why our words matter yeah. as a believer in Jesus. Yeah, the bigger picture of, I guess, how words matter you know, in a, in a married relationship. But right now, we're just focusing on the, the bigger picture of why words matter and you know, for me, how significant of an idea it is in Scripture. Mm. The, the way that we use our words, the way that we speak is a far bigger biblical idea than I ever realized until I started, you know, digging into it and reading and reading. And it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. In the Word of God. It's huge. Um, so, let's get down to our relationships because that's what we're here to talk about today. How, and I want you who's listening along with us to think about how do you speak to your partner? Is it different from the way that you speak to your friends and your mates? Is it different from the way that you would like somebody to speak to you? Yeah. Because that's super important. And I've seen it many times, um, and I've done it as well in our relationship, where you lash out and the way that you speak to your partner absolutely cuts them. You know, and, and maybe you're in a situation where you look at the way your partner treats their friends and their family and you think, I wish that they would talk to me like that, but yeah. they don't yeah. as well. Um, and, and even going further down the track, you know, that verbal abuse is a thing and it's a form of abuse. And if that's a problem in your relationship, you really need to seek outside help on that. And I would encourage you to do that. Um, ringing 1-800-RESPECT, talking to um, a counsellor for yourself, Hang seeking on. out marriage counselling in your relationship as 1-800-RESPECT. well. 1-800-RESPECT. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's a line in Australia that you can ring up. Cool. For domestic domestic abuse. abuse, yeah, yeah, one hundred yeah. respect. Okay, yeah, great. you didn't know that one. I didn't know that one. Well, there you go. I know a lot of other ones. I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, so. So. I didn't want you to just brush past it because. Oh, it's, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's super important. That if you if your relationship isn't a place, and I'm not talking about you both say things to hurt each other. I'm talking about where one person is constantly controlling, manipulating, and abusing the other person. Then you need to be seeking help in that situation. Yeah. And even if you've gotten to a point where you can't be alone in a room with each other without speaking nicely to each other, I would really encourage you to Google a Gottman therapist in your area. Ne- negatively. Yeah. Without speaking, yeah. If, what did I say? You said nicely. You said if people can't be in a room alone without speaking nicely to each other. Oh, no, no. I meant like, like, like you're like, oh. We are too kind to one another. <laughs> this is a problem. Uh, like if you're in we that space. We need outside help. Where you're like, I don't even want to go on a date night because I don't want to talk to you because I know that as soon as we start talking, we're going to start fighting. Yes. Like those are, you really need to speak that out and get an outside influence into your relationship yeah, in that situation. and get past that and put it behind you and enjoy greener pastures in your marriage in the future. Yes. Why I, live with bad marriage when you don't have to? You don't have to, exactly, yeah. because your marriage can be better, and that's what we want to talk about today. So, conflict is normal, like super normal, and a lot of people don't realize this. Yeah. A lot of people want to minimize it, remove it, or feel like, okay, well, if I don't have it in my relationship, that's when my relationship is going to be good. Okay. But- um, I want to just put out there that Dr. John Gottman actually did research into conflict in relationships, and 69% of the problems in a relationship are unsolvable. Wow. It doesn't matter who you are in a relationship with, they are not you, and you will have conflict with them because they think differently to you, they do things differently to you, they grew up in a different family of origin, they have different values, they have different perspectives. Right. It, you know, and that's okay. You know, the, the most common reason for divorce in Australia is what? Irreconcilable differences. Yeah, but, but 
if you actually come into your marriage realizing that you are going to be different and, you know, 69% of your relationship problems will be unreconcilable <laughs> um, and you, you have to find ways to live around that. It's yeah. just the nature of what it's going to be. Yeah. The goal isn't a conflict-free marriage. That's, yeah. That doesn't exist. And that's why, you know, we love watching reality TV shows because we know that conflict and drama is going to happen when you trap people on an island or force them to be pretend married or whatever when you have a whole bunch of girls lining up to go out on a date with one guy we know that when we put people in a room together and we put it on a video it's going to be hilarious because there's going to be drama there's going to be conflict that's part of humanity right so i want you to know that if you're in a space where there's conflict in your relationship and you're thinking oh my goodness this is not normal how do we fix it it is normal you are normal your relationship is normal but that being said the way that we manage it is huge and makes a big difference. And so today we're going to talk about how do we manage conflict? What are ways that we can do that? And really part of it comes back to the way that we speak to each other and the yep. way that we treat one another in okay. our relationships. All right. So John Gottman says there's three kinds of conflicts and I just want to spend a little bit of time talking about those. Yep. The first one is that there is a current conflict, something that you are currently frustrated having conflict about that's a problem for you right now in your relationship. Okay. So, could be a financial thing. Could be a, hey, you said we we were going to go on a holiday here, but now you've changed it. Now we're going there. I don't want to go there. Could be something far more serious than that. Yeah. It's a a real right now, we're in the middle of it problem. Yeah. Could be parenting related, work related, um, all of those sorts of things. And so, a way to, I guess, start that is really important. The way that we start those conversations is really important. Mm. Um, So, an example of, I think I've given this in the past, is I can walk into the room knowing that I need help with the dishes and that I'm overwhelmed with the chores, and I can walk into the room and go, you haven't done the dishes in three days and you don't know what's going on and I'm so stressed out right now. And, um, And I can just start screaming at you because you need to help with the dishes. Mm. Or I can walk in in a peaceful moment when there are no kids around screaming and demanding for attention when I have your full attention I can sit next to you I can look at you and I can say babe I don't know if you have realized but I am really overwhelmed and I am not coping and I am stressed I need your help the housework is too much for me right now can we help solve this problem together? Yeah. And that's a completely different way. Because I don't And two like- different ways that we in our relationship have started that conversation. Oh, and as we've well. done it both ways many times. Yeah. Like we, <laughs> we are not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, well, you would know from us, try, you know, going down that path, you know, both paths many times, which gets the better response out mm. of me? Mm. Because I don't feel attacked. When you say, when you come to me saying, hey, I'm really having a hard time, I naturally want to help you. Yeah. Even if I'm tired and don't actually want to do the job, my heart for you makes me want to help as opposed to when I feel attacked and you're, you know, tearing me down because I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing the right things or I'm not prioritizing or, you know, I feel attacked and then I feel defensive and then I feel hurt and it goes on and on. Yeah. That was some great uses of I statements just there. I feel attacked. I feel defensive. I feel hurt. Guys, if you are struggling with 
a harsh startup in your conversations with your partner. Look into, just jump on Google and look into I statements. Practice them in front of the mirror. Practice them without your partner. Um, and it's, it's really basically just instead of pointing the blame and saying you, you, you to your partner and focusing on the behavior, actually looking a little deeper than that and saying, well, well, what's actually the problem here? Like, is it the dishes or is it that I'm not coping? Yeah. Is it that I'm overwhelmed? Is it that I feel alone and I wish that my partner would do this with me? All of those things are a deeper need that, that need to be addressed. But if you come at it in attack mode, you're never going to get down to maybe, that. Maybe root, what we root. need is a maid. A maid? Yeah. That'd be fab. Yeah. Can we outsource the cleaning? <laughs> I would love I that. I love that. Passes, uh, passes wages that accommodate for maids. I know. We need to do some more outsourcing. If anyone's out there is like, I'm a maid and I would love to come and clean your house, just give me a call. Just let me know. We always got heaps of mess. That's right. <laughs> hey, look, just, just, just on that as well, the other thing is that, that I want to encourage, because we haven't encouraged this here actually on, on our show together, is that you can reach out to Faith FM if you've got any questions that are related to marriage, Christian marriage, what the Bible says about you know, about being a married couple, and we would love to answer them on the show. At least mm. do our best to answer them, but that's something that we um, are trying to promote. So, yeah. yeah, please, if you've got something you'd like to hear us talk about on the show or a question you've got, then, yeah. If there's something that's bugging you, if it's if it's part of your relationship or if it's something that you've come across in the Bible, let us yeah, know. Yeah, just jump yeah. on the Faith FM website and, uh, and you can use the contact form and reach out. Yeah. And if you want to remain anonymous, that's okay too. For sure. Yeah. We need to take another break though. Right on. So we'll do that now. We'll be back very soon. Take Faith FM on the go with the free Faith FM app. Available for Apple and Android.
proceeding through every direction you're leading It's you who knows the truth and the meaning of life So we're protected and leading Don't be heeding these lies proceeding through every direction you're leading It's you who knows the truth and the meaning of life So we're protected and leaning on you Fall down in the light, in the blinding light And you, your crown Win the fight, win the fight And you, your crown Win the fight You're listening to Faith FM. You are here with Chapo and Bethany on The Marriage Project and we have been talking this afternoon about how important our words are and then transitioning into how important our words are, particularly when we're at a point of conflict with um, with your spouse. Mm. So we were talking about current conflicts. We were talking about making sure we use I statements when we come to our partner to get our me- needs met rather than coming with accusations. Something you need to do is if you're, if things get too full on, if you're not okay, take a 20 minute break. Talk to each other and say, we need to take a break. Schedule a time. Say, let's come back in 10 minutes and fit 20 minutes and make sure you actually do come back because yeah. walking away and never coming back is avoiding conflict and really hurtful to your partner. Um, but calm yourself down, find something that calms you down, some deep breathing, reading, um, going for a couple of laps around the house or whatever it is, and then come back at the set time and, and continue the conversation. Yeah, or for us, it's sometimes it's getting too heated. Sometimes it's also... Uh, why are you crying, Mum? What are you guys talking about? <laughs> Don't fight, and you can't actually make any progress or have a, a helpful conversation. So you're going to mm. say, "Okay, we're going to press pause until eight o'clock." <laughs> kids should be asleep, and we can uh, do that. But actually, when you stop that, no, like just verbalising that with your partner as well, and just saying we're going to talk about this, then it doesn't make your partner feel shut down about yeah. the issue that they've brought up as well. Whereas you can't just say, "I'm done with this," and walk away. Yes, That's, you actually say, "Hey, I need to press." pause we will pick this up yeah and, and agree on a time yeah. yeah cool um another thing is one person speaks at a time and that's a really tough one to do sometimes you might need a physical object like the talking pen or something that you hold it's like when i'm holding this i'm talking when you're holding this you are talking just to get that just so that both people have the opportunity yeah. to get their words out we struggle to talk one at a time even here <laughs> Whose turn is it to talking to the microphone? But yeah, it's it's very important. Um, approach your partner with curiosity rather than accusation, rather than trying to build ammunition. The curiosity, like oh, okay, when good. you lost it and started raising your voice about that, what happened for you? Why did that? Why did that make you feel so triggered? What's really going on? Like, what are you feeling? Like, those sorts of questions. Or why is it important to you that the dishes get done every day? Or, you know, asking your partner with curiosity about the things that are important to them and their point of view. You can actually learn a whole lot that you maybe didn't know about your partner too. Curiosity. Yeah. Um, Don't be afraid to apologize if you've done something wrong to fix that problem and not the... I'm um, sorry you felt hurt by the words that I said. That's that time. not. A, that's. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
That is no good. That is a trash apology. <laughs> like, Genuine apologies. I'm sorry apologies. that what I said made you feel that way. <laughs> like, yeah. That is not an apology. <laughs> yeah, and regardless of whether you disagree or agree with what your partner's point of view is, you can still apologise because you've hurt them. Yeah. And they matter to you. Yeah. Cool. Um, listen, don't just build ammunition. Don't just sit there waiting for your turn to talk. Repeat back to the person what they said to you in the first place. I hear you. I understand you. What I'm hearing you say is this. Have I understood that correctly? Yeah. Those are really I, important I can things. think of conflict situations that I've been in, not between us, but, you know, where you're in a room and people are literally taking notes of your your things so that they've got something to, <laughs> to come back at you with, you know what I mean? Like in different circumstances. And even if it's not physically happening, like even if there's, there's no, you know, pen and paper, it can still feel that way when- you're you're pouring your heart out and you're not being heard. Yeah. All, all, all that's doing is they're listening to what you're saying only so that they can refute it as yeah. opposed to actually hearing what's going on in your life. And as a self-confessed, recovering, defensive person, that is my go-to. Like, I do not... If I am heated and if I am feeling triggered and frustrated and attacked... I don't even care what you're saying. I am looking for loopholes so that I can win. Yeah. Like I am just because I I need to feel safe, and so I'm building up those walls and I'm building up those arguments so that I'm not the person who is wrong and flawed and not okay. And so and that's just part of my natural self preservation. Right. But defensiveness is a killer in relationships. So if you're a defensive person, um, yes, yeah, speak to your partner and say, I'm feeling defensive. I'm really struggling to, because I feel like you're attacking me right now. Um, can we talk about this later? Can we talk about this in a different way? Um, and yeah, and actually just listening and not building ammunition against your partner if you're a go-to defensive yeah. person like me as the, well. The bigger picture for me is do conflict, like have your fights in a way that you want both like each other to win. Do you know what I mean? Have you do your conflict in a way that you don't actually want this marriage to end. You want it to become better as a result of this horrible engagement that we're having to go through right now. Don't do it so that you win as and you're the victor because what does that get you? Yeah. Do your conflict in a way that you as a team are you win. You, yeah. You are better at the end of it. Yeah. Um and your body language is really important as well. Make eye contact, nod your head, um, you know, be affectionate toward your partner. Be kind toward your partner. Um, don't roll your eyes yeah. or do, or, you know, these sorts of things are not going to be helpful and nah. are going to be seen as dismissive or um, hatred from your partner. So those aren't going to be helpful in a conflict. Yeah. Any eye rollers out there? <laughs> um, after you've had a regrettable incident is another time when you need to come together and have a conflict conversation. So what's a regrettable incident? Okay, so... That's a broad term. Yeah. I've regretted many incidents <laughs> in my life. Um, Gottman calls that like a regrettable incident between you and your partner. So it's like... Okay. We had a fight... We needed. I said stuff I wish I didn't talk. say. Is yeah. that? It's like, like, yeah. yeah you say, yeah, oh, I, like you say, I, I need to leave before I say something I regret. That's the idea. Like you, when you no, say things even you like, wish you didn't say. Is um. That- so no, no, not even in the middle of it. Like last night, you came home, you put your keys down the table. I took offence because it sounded like slamming. I started like throwing the dinner that I was cooking in the bin because I was so offended that you didn't like the food that I was cooking, even though I didn't ask you if you liked the food that I was cooking. But I assumed that you didn't like it because you made that noise with your keys. I started screaming at you. You started screaming at me. You said, how about this? And then I locked you out of the house. 
I may have yeah. locked you out of the house. And then wow. you slept on the couch last night. Yeah. And Today. And it's because I had a broken wrist. <laughs> I broke my wrist at work and you didn't even know. So Exactly. So things can escalate real quick. Everybody makes mistakes, has those regrettable moments, but how you talk to each other afterwards, the next day, a couple of days later, okay, this is something that's happened. This is something that we regret. I regret, you regret, we both regret, maybe yeah. one of us more than the other. Um, this is something that is a betrayal that needs repairing, that has broken down trust between you and I. And so we need to take a moment to work it out. Okay. So how do we repair that? Um, how do we, you know, some people, their moment of connection is have a big argument, jump in bed with each other, fix the problem, but you actually need to talk about it and your words matter. matter (laughs) Um, so a genuine apology. We talked about that just before. Um, actually apologizing from the bottom of your heart to your partner, taking responsibility for your part in it. Right. Telling your partner from your point of view and listening to their point of view as well. And asking your partner, well, well, what do you need? How can we do it differently next time? Next time you walk in the door, what could we have done to not get that far? Yeah. What, what do you need? How do, you know, I need five minutes before I talk to you when I get home because I've just, my brain's been doing work stuff all day. Yeah, you could have oh. asked why I slammed the keys down. <laughs> I need you to talk because to me could, instead of assuming. Have, I could know? have like <laughs> stopped on the side of the road to pick your flowers on the way home, tripped and stumbled down a hill and was, you know, like, and all this nice stuff I've done and you just, you wouldn't have known because you never asked. Or maybe you were just in a hurry to put your keys on the table because you were busting to go to the loo because you've yeah. been caught in traffic and I took offence to it because of the stress that it was already happening for me that I hadn't even asked you about, you yeah. know. So, it's really important to make those repairs in your relationship and ask your partner what they need and take responsibility for your part in it as well. That's right. Um, gridlock is another one that John Gottman talks about. Do we okay. need to take a break first? It's probably time to take a break. Okay. Yeah. Our team here at Faith FM want to encourage you to be the hands and feet of Jesus in your community to stay positive, and to stay connected in this virus season. Keep in touch with vulnerable members of your community, like grandparents or new mothers, and see if there's something you can do to help them with simple things like picking up some groceries, collecting the mail, or dropping off some meals. Little things like this make a huge difference to someone living in isolation or quarantine. Welcome back to The Marriage Project. You're listening to Faith FM with Bethany and Chapo, and we've been talking about how our words matter in our relationships. And particularly in times of conflict. Yeah, so we just spent a little bit of time on conflict before the break, and we just started talking about a word that I just brought up, gridlock. Do you know what that means, chaps? It's a bit of a football word, isn't it? Um, Does it feel football-y? No, well, you think gridiron is a Oh, is a regret. Okay, I really don't know anything about sports. <laughs> gridlock. <laughs> Uh, no, like traffic, I think of gridlock. Oh, like right. The freeways all locked up at it's, holidays time. It, I thought it was like a wrestling or a fighting or a football situation. Anyway, but um, yeah. goes to show that I really don't know anything about sport. But I do know that gridlock is perpetual conflict. Lucky this is in a sports show. That I know, because people would, hate people it. would not choose me to be the host no. on a sports people show. Like, get her off. They'll she doesn't like, get anything. She's the worst. She doesn't understand how sports work. Um, Okay, so 
Gridlock. Um, okay, think about um, two male deers fighting, yes. and their horns are like stuck together, yeah. but they're still trying to like attack each other. But they're also stuck, and they're really aggressive, and nobody's getting anywhere. Have you ever like seen that sort of a yeah, scenario? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So that's sort of what gridlock's like. Yeah. And if you think about applying that into your, yeah, it happens in boxing too. I suppose mm. it's similar. So yeah. If you think about applying that into your marriage, it's like nobody's getting anywhere, nobody's winning. Everybody is just stuck yeah. and everybody's just getting hurt. Like, yeah. this is what's happening with both parties in a gridlock situation. And you will have those in your relationship. You can probably think of one off the top of your head. I know that in our marriage, Chapo, it's usually money and it's usually domestic responsibility that are the areas of gridlock in our relationship. Correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. So, if you have an area of gridlock in your relationship, it's normal. Most couples do. Because remember we said earlier that... What was it? 69% of the problems in your relationship uh, you can't solve. You can't fix them. They will still be there. So, Chapo and I have been having the same arguments for 10 years of marriage about whose turn it is to do the dishes or take the trash out and about who spends what on what money. And... um Sometimes we live peaceably with it. Sometimes we compromise. Sometimes we make great arrangements. And then every now and again, we have a blue over it. It blows up. It does. Um, but it's really important for those gridlock areas to, number one, take turns speaking and listening again. Make sure that you're not just hogging the conversation and that you're not just trying to win. Yes. This isn't about winning and losing because winning is staying married. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, when, when an individual feels like they need to win... It means that the the team is losing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that's the way you need to think about it. Like the team has to win. If an individual wins, the team has lost. Yeah. Yeah. And so create a safe space to have that conversation of gridlock. Like it's not something that you're going to bring up at the dinner table or while you're trying to put the kids' pajamas on or when you're hanging out with your friends. But find a space that's like, okay, this is something's been bugging me for a while. Let's talk about. XYZ. Yeah. And so find a safe space, but also create a safe space as well. So let your partner feel like it's okay for them to talk. That when they say something that you disagree with, that you're going to listen instead of going, ah, oh, but no, that's not true. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of when I was in, um, I think it was late primary school. I used to have a diary and my sister came into my room and I could tell that she'd been in my room because she'd gone into my diary and corrected my telling of events <laughs> <laughs> with red pen and crossed things out and wrote, no, that's not true. And I hate you. You're so stupid. And, um, all these things in my diary. And then I went to her and I said, you read my diary. And she goes, no, I didn't. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is your handwriting. And I took it to my mum to help sort it out. But it's just, it's really hilarious because so often we do that. When somebody's saying their point of view on events that have happened, yeah. we feel like we need to come in with a red pen and correct yeah. everything that they have said. But that's not what your responsibility is in this conversation with your partner. Your responsibility is to listen and to understand. Yeah. Um, so don't try and problem solve. It's not the time for problem solving. It's the time for listening. Ooh, no judging and no one. arguing back. I want to solve problems. <laughs> but it's not. Don't tell me about a problem I can't fix. <laughs> it's not a safe space for your partner if yeah. you're trying to fix a problem that they're pouring their heart out over. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're saying, oh, I'm struggling with this, this and this, and then suddenly the other person's offering solutions when all you wanted was your partner to hear you, that's not helpful. I see. Um Asking questions to understand your partner, to understand their needs, to understand their dreams, to understand why something's important to them and what, what excites them and, and what makes them sad. Um, and then 
trying to figure out, well, how can you create compromise? Yeah. How can you create a little bit of me winning and a little bit of you winning and not I win and I rub it in your face and then you don't talk to me for three days? Like, yeah. that is not helpful. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> because that's not winning. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, it's not winning for anybody. When the team loses, we all lose as that's well. Right. Like, that's when, right. when our home is at Harmonious, I lose. Even yeah. if I've won the argument, I am losing because it's not enjoyable. It's not great for the kids. It's, it's terrible for our like romantic life. It's just like we lose. Everyone yeah. loses. Yeah. And these are, these tips that I just read out are things that I've learned from when I did Gottman therapy training. Um, it's also stuff that we've learned from going to marriage retreats, from going to couples counseling together and from our own personal conversations together. Yeah. And again, I just want to emphasize that the objective is to understand and to listen and to be kind. And to know your partner more. Because when you know each other more, you have the opportunity to grow. It's not an objective to win. And that's so important. Yeah. 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 All right. So, should we look at what the Bible says about our words? Because it actually says a lot. It actually says a lot. And this is just highlights. This is just a few highlights. This is like we're just going to look at a few of the choice cuts um, (laughs) from the Old and New Testament. But there is so many verses. And like I said earlier earlier this afternoon, I, I said that I have just been astonished by the sheer gravity of verses in the Bible that talk about how important it is to use your mouth well, to mm. speak well, to say the kind things, to build people up and to not tear people down to the point where, like I said, I think we should have a doctrine on this. I think this should actually be not just under the umbrella of Christian living, but because it is such a massive idea in scripture, we probably need like a key teaching on like, hey, it's important for Christians to speak like they are followers of God and followers of Jesus because mm. it's right. a big deal. Should we crack open our Bibles? Do you want to take the first one and I'll take the second one? Okay. All All right. right. So, what's our first one? Luke chapter 7 and verses 4 and 5. All right. I've got this brand new Bible, so all the pages are still very sort of stiff. And also, like, you don't know know where things are. Like, in your old Bible, you're like, you know that a centimeter chunk gets you this far. Yeah. But in your new Bible, you're like, I don't even know where I'm going. exactly what part of the page to look on for this. Yes. Yeah, anyway. So, Luke chapter 7, verses 4 and 5. Okay, Luke's... Oh, I mean, Luke's talking. <laughs> Luke 7, and verse 4 and 5, hmm? and it says this, And when they came to Jesus, he pleaded with them earnestly, saying... Oh, is that right? Yeah, I don't know. You read it out to me, and I wrote it down. So, maybe I wrote down different. Yeah. I've been hearing pretty badly um, with this head cold that I've got... Um, I feel like I'm always like, hey, what? You, you wrote down Luke 4, verse 4, 4 and 5. It was actually Luke 6, verse 45. Is what oh, you're really? To write. really? Yeah. I wrote down yeah. Luke 7, verse 4 and 5. So Don't that's worry. way off. Way off. Way off. I, I should have guessed it because it wasn't in red letters. <laughs> but anyway, Luke 6, verse 45 <laughs> says this. The good person out of the treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil out of his evil treasure produces evil. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Ah, okay, yeah, that makes, makes way more much sense. more sense. And this is Jesus talking. You said it came in red letters in your Bible? It does, because I've got a red letter Bible. Yep. So, Jesus is speaking, and I love that he says, out of your heart, your mouth speaks. Yeah, out of the abundance of your heart. So Wow, whatever so there, whatever there's lots of in your heart. Lots of in your heart. Is what comes out of your mouth. Wow. Is it good or is it evil? That's very cool. And very 
profound too. Like yeah. it makes me think about myself and my actions and my words. And I'm just like, whoa, what's it, what is in my heart? Like, yeah. what am I putting into my heart? And am I storing enough of God's word and God's spirit in my heart to actually speak in a way that is an overflow? And here's the or thing, am I dried up? It's the way that I speak to you, which is, I think, the biggest test of what's in my heart. Because mm-hmm. as you mentioned before, like you, you will speak to strangers or acquaintances in a much kinder and gracious way than you will speak to your spouse on many occasions. Like that familiarity that we have with another often results in us speaking the worst to each other and we give each other much worse than what we give other people. A cool test that I thought of is that I should never speak to you in such a way that I would be offended if I heard someone else speak to you like that. Like if I heard someone else speaking to you and be like, hang on a minute, that's my wife. You cannot speak to her like that. I can't speak to you like that either with the mm. same tone, with the same harshness or, or aggressiveness or um, disappointment or whatever it might be. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the way that we communicate is a much clearer, uh, I guess, test of what Jesus is saying in this verse out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, what does my heart say when I'm speaking to the person who I can speak more freely to than anyone else in the world? Yeah, well, that's it. Like your acquaintances and people who don't live inside your house, they get the best of you. They get your game face. They get your, this is me showing up doing my thing. And when you get home and you're snappy and the good moods and the bad moods, that's what your spouse gets of you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Have you got a verse? I've got a verse. Okay. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. It says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Okay. I like that. Why? Um, that it says what comes out of your mouth should build up, should be good and for building up. Yeah. And I really like that, that we need to be building others up in the way that we speak to them. We need to be building our spouses up in the way that we speak to them. Yeah. Home should be a safe place where you get built up so you can go out and face the world and not the other way around. It should not be the place where you get torn down. Yeah. 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 What a cool test to just think about how many of the things that I've said today, and, ha- and particularly to my spouse, built them up mm. in comparison to how many of the things that I said that tore them down. Yeah. And actually consciously think about that because, yeah, you know, and you see it often and we see it in people that we love as well just because it becomes normal to speak to your spouse in a in a way that you wouldn't speak to other people. But, gee, it's, it can be so ugly. Mm. And sometimes you can see it in other people without realizing it in yourself. You'd be like, oh, gee, I hate when they speak to their spouse that way. But, yeah, ask yourself, do I speak differently? Yeah, and then sometimes as well, like, it's not a conscious act of speaking to them unkindly. Sometimes it's a neglect to speak to them well as well. Like, it's just, like, not adding those words to be with your partner up, not adding the, you know, if something comes to mind, saying it to them, but just sort of doing your own thing or not talking in your home space as well. And I think about um, how studies have shown that it takes five positive things to outdo one negative thing, especially in terms of statements and actions and the way of human interaction. So, if your partner's been at work all day and you know that their workspace is trying, is taxing, is difficult, is negative, how many 
negative interactions have they had? And then think of it as your job or your challenge as your partner to think about, well, okay, well, if they need five for every one, how many things can I pump into them yeah. before they go yeah. back out there? How yeah. many things can I give to them and bless them with as their spouse? What a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read a verse from Proverbs. Right on. Now, Proverbs is stacked full of- Oh, there's so many. Wise sayings about how we speak. This yeah. is just one of them, but there, there was dozens that you could pick from. But this one is um, Proverbs 15 and verse 4, where it says, A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but a, but perversiveness in it breaks the spirit. Mm. So, a gentle tongue, is a, it brings life. It is good. It builds up. It puts strong roots down. It's a good thing. But when there's that- horribleness, that ugliness that comes into what we say, it can break a spirit. Like, it can do mm. damage and crush a person. And that's important to think about in every aspect of life as a believer in Jesus, but even more so in your marriage, that yeah. when I speak to the person that I love, the person that I have chosen to do life with every single day, every single boring, ordinary day, am I speaking life into them or am I breaking their spirit? Yeah. Yeah, and that's huge. And I and I think about that like even just deciding to and having the intention to and just saying to yourself, Am I going to break Chapo's spirit or am I going to speak life into Chapo? And deciding, okay, well what does it look like to be a woman who speaks life into her husband? Yeah. Yeah. And vice versa. What does it look like to be a husband who speaks life into his wife? You know, just this conversation we've been having this afternoon has made me just rethink some of the wedding sermons that I've got coming up to preach and the things that I might say in it just about how important it is to say things that build the person up because you actually have a lot of power over who that person is. Like, I can change the who you are, not like change you like <laughs> to a different person, but like the way that you feel equipped and capable of facing the challenges of each day with yeah. confidence and with assertiveness based on how I build you up. Yeah, absolutely. How I speak positive things into your life. Yeah. Do we need to take a break before we look at the rest of these texts? We probably only have time to look at a couple more. So I reckon Radical. we'll look at a few more and then, uh, yeah. I was just getting break vibes from, like, where I was sitting. I don't actually look at the clock part. Chapo looks at the clock, so I really <laughs> don't know. And that's sort of how it is in our life, isn't it, Hunt? Like, I look at the I'm clock. I'm the free spirit <laughs> and you're the timekeeper. <laughs> Every day. I'm just even when it's I'm not involved, even when it's just your thing, I'm like, hey, you've got that thing on today, don't you? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, don't you have to be there in like seven minutes? Oh, yeah. Like, well, shouldn't you probably have a shower? Okay. That's kind of our thing. But it's all right. Maybe that's another area that we're working on. Maybe it's another one of those um, areas of perpetual conflict that we're just like, this is, this is the way we are. Yep. Um, I don't remember where we're up to. We're uh, Matthew 12. In verses. Okay. And do you want me to do James? No, you do Matthew 12. Oh, me do Matthew 12. Yes, right on. Okay. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36. And let's hope I wrote it down correctly this time. Yeah. <laughs> you can be forgiven because you are so unwell. Oh, man. It is not a beautiful day for me, but we carry on. All right. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36. I don't have a red letter Bible, but I feel like this is something that Jesus is saying. It says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For your words, you will be justified, and your words, you will be condemned. 
Yeah. Oh, that's okay. So the little passage that that's talking about is that a tree is known by its fruit. Yes. And it's again that idea that the thing that comes out of us is a reflection of what's happening on the inside of us as well. Yeah. And so that's talking specifically in terms of judgment and about the end of time and, and when we give an account for the things that we've done. But it's most certainly talking about that idea of, well, we're judged by what's happening within our hearts. And are we fake? Are we yeah. being like dead on the inside and dressed up on the outside or are actually producing fruit that is giving life to the person that we'd live with. And here's the thing, and I'm going to s- scrap the other couple of verses that we were going to look at this afternoon because okay. I think I've got something that I think is more important to say. Okay. It, so this is the big picture, right? And it's come up in other verses we've looked at that it's what's inside comes out from the mouth. The, the, the way that we speak is a, is a reflection of what's happening inside. Maybe there's a work that we need to do inside, you know, and maybe mm. that's also part of this whole big picture, whereas if I am constantly falling down the rabbit hole of speaking horrible things to you and tearing you down and being really short-tempered and and flying off the handle, getting too angry, maybe I am not sitting with Jesus enough and maybe I am not restoring my soul enough and, and taking time out enough to for self-care, for mental health care, for spiritual care and all, all of this. I know that when I am closer to Jesus, I'm a better husband. Mm, I, insane. Like, hands yeah. down. Yeah. Um, when, I am, when I am more full of the word of God, I am more tolerable, Tolerant. What's the word? Tolerant. Um, I am. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Yeah. Like, and maybe this is is the real appeal here as well. Is that, hey, if you're this is a big deal. It's really important. But the closer you are to Christ, the better spouse you will be. Yeah, undeniably. Absolutely. Let Jesus into your heart, and if you've never done that before, um, find a person who's already a believer or a pastor who can help you accept Jesus into your heart. And if you're already a believer and you lost a bit of track of yourself, check in with Jesus, read scripture, pray, and spend time with God, and um, that will really change the condition of your heart and the way that you speak to your spouse. And so, may you this week speak life into your spouse. May you speak love and life and build up your spouse and may you love each other well. And that's my prayer for each of you. Yeah, it's been great being with you again Mm. uh, for another week. And yeah, we look forward to joining you again next week. Remember that you can always, if you have anything you'd like us to talk about or any questions you'd like to ask, send them in to Faith FM and we'd love to include it in our show. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. 